Email marketing isn't just one more type of marketing to add onto your marketing stack in your business. It really can have a big impact on your marketing strategy overall and allow you to interact with your customers much more consistently and in a much deeper way and to convert many more of them into paying customers. We became entrepreneurs because more than anything, we want freedom. We want to be in control of our own schedule, income, and life. But unfortunately, that isn't always the reality of being a business owner. I'm Gillian Perkins, and I'm on a mission to take back entrepreneurship for what it's supposed to be. In every episode, I'll share with you how to get the most out of every hour you work so that you can work less and earn more. Let's get to it. If you have been interested in learning how to use email marketing for your business, then we will get all your questions answered today, including how to set up your email opt-in forms, which email marketing software for you to use, and questions about how to use email marketing in your business, as well as how to build your email list. So let's get on into this. The first thing we are going to talk about is what email marketing software to use, because in order to use email marketing at all, of course, you're going to need some sort of software. So what this email marketing software does is it stores your email contacts and it allows you to easily send mass emails to them, because if you try to use something like Gmail, it won't let you send emails to more than something like 50 people at a time. And even if you try to send emails to 50 people at a time, those emails are very likely to wind up in spam. So what you need to do is you need to use a dedicated email marketing software that is set up to be able to send emails to hundreds, thousands, even millions of people at one time. And this will allow you to send those emails in mass, but it's also going to give you a lot of really powerful marketing tools that allow you to do things like send automated emails and create situations, setups, where if someone does something, then something else happens. Like if someone clicks link, then they automatically get an email sent to them. Or if they purchase a product, they automatically get an email sent to them. There are many other amazing features that these email marketing tools have that will really take overall the marketing in your business to the next level. If you're not using email marketing right now, then you might think this is just one more way you can market your business that you can tack on to marketing your business with YouTube or Instagram or Facebook ads. But really, when you install email marketing into your business, you're going to find that it completely changes the way you market your business overall and that it gives you some really powerful tools that you can use to go so much deeper with your followers. Because now these people aren't just following you on social media, you have a way that you can connect with them so much more deeply and a way that you can follow up with them in a way that you can't do on social media. On social media, you are so at the mercy of the algorithm. But when you have an email list and you have someone on your email list, then you can follow up with them when you want to and you can respond to their questions that they send to you. And it just takes your relationship with them to a much deeper level. So with that said, let's talk about some of the best free email marketing softwares that you can use. This episode is focused on the beginner's guide to email marketing. And because of that, we are going to mostly be talking about how to get started with it and specifically now 
which free softwares are the best because this is one of the most common questions that I get. So I have three different recommendations for you um, for the best free options that are out there. All three of these options, they work really well. They have a lot of good features. They will definitely get everything done that you need them to. Now, normally with a free email marketing software, you will find that the features or the capacity of it are fairly limited. And that's largely because it does take server space for these companies to host your contacts and send emails out and things like that. And so they can only afford to give so much away for free. And of course they want to convert you to their paid tool so that they can actually be making money. All three of these different tools work really well, but they each have different capacities for how many subscribers they'll let you have and how many emails they will let you send. So the first one I want to mention is MailerLite. Lite is spelled L-I-T-E, MailerLite. And of course, we will be sure to leave links to each of these in the description for this episode. So First one is MailerLite. They will let you have up to 1,000 subscribers on their free plan, and you can send up to 12,000 broadcasts per month. So what that means is if you had, say, 1,000 contacts and you send all of them an email, you could do that 12 times per month. But of course, you might just send your email to half of them, for example, and if you send an email to half of them, then you could do that a total of 24 times. Now, this is probably going to be enough broadcasts for most people, most small businesses that are doing email marketing. So the restrictions that you're going to find with this plan and really with all three of these plans is, first of all, that you can only have up to a thousand subscribers. And most people, as they grow their list, they find that it's pretty slow going to get up to that thousand. It takes them a while. A lot of the time it will take you as much as a year or even longer to get up to a thousand subscribers. But then after that, your list grows pretty quickly. So you will be able to get by with any of these free plans for that first year or so, but then you will need to upgrade in the future. And then those 15,000 broadcasts, also enough to get by on for most small businesses, but you're going to get hung up on the fact that pretty much none of these different options are going to give you very many options or features as regards to automations. So in order to automatically send someone an email when they buy a product or to send someone through an automated sales funnel or something like that, you will need to upgrade to some sort of paid option. It's good to get started with a free option because when you get started at first, like I said, it's gonna be slow at first. You don't need to do anything fancy. You can use one of these free plans to start building your list, which like I said, it's gonna take a little while at first um, and to just start to get the hang of sending live broadcasts, which are emails that aren't automated at all. Okay, so MailerLite, 1,000 subscribers, 12,000 broadcasts per month. The next option I'll mention is the one that has the highest limits on the number of subscribers you can have, and it's called Sender. They allow you to have 2,500 subscribers and 15,000 broadcasts. So I would say that this is a good option for you if you don't really need to do a very many automated things with your emails, and you really just want to send like a live weekly newsletter or send live newsletters to specific segments of your audience, even multiple times a week, that's going to get you by for a pretty long time. The third and final option that I'll mention for a free email service provider is ConvertKit. Now I use and love ConvertKit myself, and of course we're on their paid plan. Um, and so the reason I really wanna mention ConvertKit here is not only do they have a pretty good free plan, but later on you are going to want to upgrade one of these options. And of these three options, MailerLite, Sender, and ConvertKit, ConvertKit does have the most robust 
powerful, and I think easy to use interface for email marketing. And it will just be a little bit easier, of course, to, and you'll have a bit more of a smooth transition if you start on the free plan of something you're planning to upgrade to later. Now, of course, MailerLite and Sender also have paid plans and you certainly can start on their free plans and then either upgrade to their paid plans or in the future, you can switch from one email marketing platform to another. So you could switch from say, Sender from your free plan over to ConvertKit when you're ready for a paid plan. So I don't think I mentioned the, the limits that ConvertKit allows you to have. ConvertKit allows you to have up to a thousand subscribers, just like MailerLite, but they do allow you to have unlimited broadcasts. So in this regard, ConvertKit is the best option. So if you wanna have more free subscribers, go with Sender. If you want to have more broadcasts available and an easier time transitioning to a paid software, then ConvertKit would be your best option. The reason MailerLite is on my list as well is because I know a lot of people really do like it and it is perhaps the easiest to use of any of these programs and I've just heard so many good things about it. So I definitely wanted to mention it. Okay, let's briefly talk about ConvertKit and their paid plan. So ConvertKit's paid plans start at $29 per month. And if you have over a thousand subscribers or if you want to be able to use all of their automation features, then you will want to upgrade to that $29 a month. I think that they do a great job of keeping it pretty affordable while still giving you uh, access to pretty much all of their advanced features. Now they do now have a premium subscription as well. I think they call it a pro subscription. And with their pro subscription, you get access to a few extra features that can just really take things even to the next level. But I would not recommend paying the extra money for the pro plan when you are a small business with a small audience, you know, not doing anything too complicated at all. I mean, you can have a really powerful email marketing system and be really strategically advanced with your email marketing without using the pro plan. So starting at just $29 a month, you will really have all the tools that you need to set up all the automations and really take your email marketing level to a great and very high level. All right, so the next thing we are going to do today is I'm going to walk you through how I set up an email opt-in form whenever I'm setting up one on my website. Before I even get into that, I just wanna give the caveat that while part of this will, will relate very much to whatever you're doing with email marketing, Another part of it, when I actually set it up on my website, this is going to be very different from one individual to another because depending on what website software you use, I'll use that term very generically here, but what different platform you're on, what different plugins maybe you have on installed in your website, um, it's going to make this process different. But I still wanna show you how I do it just so that you can see from a really practical perspective how this can be done. So with that being said, let me walk you through the process. The first thing that we are going to do, and so I'm here logged in to ConvertKit, and this is where the process normally starts, although you could also start on your website. So if I want to create an opt-in form where people can sign up for my email newsletter, then I would start over here in landing pages and forms, and I need to create a form that someone could use to subscribe to my newsletter. So I'll just push this add or create new button right here. And then you have the option to either create a form or create a landing page. So the difference here is that a form you would normally put on a web page of your own site, whereas a landing page can be a standalone thing and it's hosted by ConvertKit 
And what's cool about that is even if you don't have your website set up at all yet, even if you don't even own a domain, you can still get started with just ConvertKit, even if you're on their free plan, and you can create unlimited landing pages and start collecting email addresses immediately. For the sake of this tutorial, I'm gonna show you how to do both real quick. So let's start with a form, because this is how I would normally do it. You can choose what type of form you want. I normally go with the inline form, and then you have the option to choose what style you want. So I'm just going to choose the first one. And then once the form loads, then you can design it how you like. The design doesn't actually matter for my purposes. So I have this form, I'm going to give it a name up here by clicking this pencil icon and I'll just name it example form. And then I'm just gonna go ahead and click save for the moment. And so now this example form exists. And so what I can do is I can head over to my website and I'm just going to create a new page that I'm going to add this form to. And then what we're going to do is of course, for the sake of this tutorial, we're not going to make this page look like anything fancy. So we're just going to go ahead and click this button that says Launch Thrive Architect because my uh, website is built on WordPress and I have the Thrive Architect plugin installed on my website. Now this is, I'm pretty certain, a paid plugin and I use it because I have a Thrive theme installed on my website and so it works really well for me. I'm not necessarily recommending this, it certainly works well and I like it and I, you know, I would recommend it, but it's not the right choice for anyone. But for this example, I'm just trying to show you exactly how I actually do this. Um, so you can start with a blank page or you can start with a pre-built landing page. I'm gonna just start with a blank page for now and we're gonna call this example landing page. Okay, and so now that that's done, then we'll launch the architect again and now we'll have a nice, or at least we should, have a nice blank page to work with. So we are going to just add an element and I'm going to just choose a landing pay or uh, opt-in form, I believe is what it's called here. So let's add that in here. Okay, and so they have these pre-designed lead capture forms here, opt-in forms. Um, and so for the sake of this, I'm going to choose this one with this colored background. Now, of course, if I was actually setting this up, I would put a lot more things on this page. I might add a headline and a description and a picture of it and this form right here, okay? But for the moment, I'm going to get rid of all that because I just wanna show you how the form actually gets configured. So I just click on the form and then I click add connection and then I want to choose my ConvertKit connection and once that's chosen, then I can choose, it says your mailing list, but really these are the forms that are in ConvertKit. And so from here, I can choose that example form that I just created in ConvertKit. So basically my website is integrated with ConvertKit. I have the ConvertKit plugin installed on my website and I integrated their API keys. So I just took the API key, which is like a special password from ConvertKit and I copied and pasted really the, the API key into the plugin on the back end of my WordPress site and now ConvertKit and my website can talk to each other. And so when I create a form on ConvertKit, it shows up over here and I can choose that form. And now when someone fills out this contact form, they will get added to that form in ConvertKit. And so I'll know where they came from and what they were signing up for. You can customize this a fair amount, really make it look how you want. You also can start with a opt-in form that 
it has a very, very simple design. So it really just looks like form fields on your website. Now, like I said, this is just how I would do it on my own actual website. Now, the other part of this that's really important is what happens after people sign up for this form, however you set it up. So what happens when a visitor subscribes to the form? Do you want to show a success message? So like a little pop-up that just says success, you know, you've been subscribed, or do you want to redirect to an external page? Most of the time I redirect to an external page that's gillianperkins.com slash thank you. And it just is a branded page. So instead of just having a little pop-up, the reason I don't like the pop-up is because sometimes people miss them, especially if they're on mobile, it might not show up right. But I do want it to direct to a page on my website. And this page just says, thanks for signing up. You've been subscribed. Check your email. You know, whatever you signed up for is in your email now. Incentive. So we want to send an incentive email because most of the time how we build the email list is by offering some free resource, something for free. This is a very important step because you need to be able to deliver to your new subscriber the thing that they were trying to sign up for. Um, and so then the other thing that's important here is after confirming redirect to. And so here you need to either type in the URL where your download is hosted, or you can just click on download and choose a file and you can choose some sort of file that you have on your computer that is the thing that people are going to download, whatever that thing is. And so that's a very important step because otherwise people won't get that thing that they're trying to sign up for. Okay, so once you have those settings configured, then you're pretty much ready to go. Um, once you have the, your page, your opt-in page all designed, then you can go ahead and start sharing that URL. Now let's take a quick look at how to do this if you are I'm going to use a ConvertKit landing page. So again, I've clicked on landing pages and forms, then I click on create new, and then I click on landing page. And here you can choose one of their landing page templates. Now, of course you can change absolutely anything on these templates, um, but they give you a great starting place. So I'm just gonna choose the very first one. And so once you see this page, then you can change things like that background image, you can change the title here and change this text and change this form. Now this form exists. Now we would need to configure the settings just as we did for the other one. So we want to redirect to an external page. We'd type in that page right there. We would um, choose that incentive, edit the email contents, add our incentive, all the same stuff. Save that. And then uh, one more thing here. So here we might want to use this domain name. If you're hosting um, this domain name, if you're having ConvertKit host this web page, then you can either just use their automatic domain name that's created for your account, um, or you can purchase a domain name and give it to ConvertKit in your main ConvertKit settings and then have it show up on that domain name. Again, even if you don't have hosting for that website, which is just a really cool little feature. So then I would click save and then I would save and publish. And now this page exists and people can just go to this page and they can type in their name and their email and sign up even if you don't have a website. So that is a really cool option. Okay, can I get really real with you about something for a minute here? I'm sure I'm not the only one who thinks you should be able to learn how to grow your business without spending thousands of dollars on bloated training. Seriously, there's no reason it needs to be as expensive as a lot of online courses are. That's why I don't offer really pricey coaching. I want to teach real people how to build really profitable businesses at a price that actually makes sense. So I asked myself, 
How can I connect with you in a really personal way, teach you everything you need to know to grow your business and help you actually do it? And how can I guarantee this won't cost an arm and a leg? Asking myself those questions four years ago is how I came up with the idea for Startup Society, the program I wish had existed when I was struggling to get my online business off the ground. So if you're a freelancer, a coach, or a course creator, and you want my guidance, plus the support of my own team to build your business, then Startup Society is for you. Just head to startupsociety.com to learn more and find out when enrollment next opens. I can't wait to meet you, show you the ropes, and guide you to start growing your business a whole lot faster. Startupsociety.com. Building an online business doesn't have to be so complicated. So now we're gonna talk about what to offer people to get them to subscribe. Because now you know how to set up that opt-in form and you realize you don't even need a website. So what can you offer to entice people to wanna sign up for your email list so that you can start growing the list? I think this is where a lot of people get hung up. They make a really common mistake and they offer something that a lot of people offer, which is an ebook. An ebook these days is really not the right option for what to offer to grow your list. There are a few different reasons for this. First of all, ebooks have kind of become a commodity. They're not really seen as valuable anymore because there are so many millions of them in the world and so many of them are free. And so when you say ebook, it doesn't sound like something very valuable, especially because a lot of people's experience with an ebook has been a really poorly written uh, piece of material, which wasn't very helpful to them. So people don't really see it as very valuable. It's not a very enticing reason for them to sign up to your list. And also because an ebook isn't going to give them a quick result. In order to get any sort of result from an ebook, they're going to have to read a bunch. That's going to take them a bunch of time. And then they'll have to actually do the work of implementing whatever they learned. And it's probably going to be a lot of work because it's an ebook. So it's probably pretty long and it probably tells them to do a lot of things. So people will be hesitant to sign up for this because they might feel like they don't have time to get the result that is being promised with this ebook. So instead, we want to make sure that we are giving them something that will be easy for them to consume. They can consume quickly and they can get some sort of quick win or quick result from. Um, another thing that I would say is similarly not the best option is to offer a course for your freebie. Now, at first it might seem like a course would be an amazing freebie because courses are considered to be fairly valuable. But here is the problem with offering a course. Two problems. First one is, again, too big. People might download it. You might see a, see a fair number of email subscribers come in because they want your free course, but these subscribers are not going to be very easy to sell to because they are unlikely to use the free course that you give to them. And that's because they won't value it very highly because they got it for free. And it's probably fairly large, at least a few videos long with, you know, and it's going to take them a little bit of time to consume that material. And again, a while to implement it if there's very much in there to implement. So they're very unlikely to actually watch and use the course. And not only does that mean that they won't really have gotten any results or any real value from you, and so they won't have been warmed up very effectively, but they also will be very unlikely to buy anything from you because they already have this free thing that they haven't even used. So they don't really want to buy more stuff when they haven't even taken advantage of the free thing they already have. 
So um, the other problem, which ties right into that, is that when you give someone a free course, it undervalues the value of your other programs. It undervalues any other programs, courses, digital products that you sell. If this one was free, why is this one over here $300? or $500 or $1,000. And it makes people a lot less interested in paying higher prices for your other programs or really any prices at all. Now, I would say that an, an exception to that problem would be if you're selling something that is not a digital product, you're selling maybe a physical product or you're selling a service, then it would be fine to give away a course, although it still will have the first problem that people won't be very warmed up because they're very unlikely to actually use the course. Okay, so those are a couple things that I would not recommend trying to give away to grow your list, ebooks and courses. And sorry if that is tough love, because I know that those are really common things to give away. And so a lot of you who are listening right now um, may be giving those things away. But I want to help you figure out how to improve so you can grow your list faster and more effectively and have subscribers on your list who are a lot more likely to buy. So with that being said, let's talk about what the yeses are, things that will work really well to grow your list and will make it easier to sell to your new subscribers. The first one is checklists. What I like about checklists is that they are super easy and fast for you to create. So that can allow you to work less. And also they can give your people a really quick win. So a checklist can guide someone through the steps of taking action on something, but it's not going to overburden them with too much information. Instead, it's going to just help them through the process and help them to stay on track and focused. Um, it's also not something big that they have to read in order to get the value from it. Now, the downside of checklists is that people will still have to work, have to implement, which can be time consuming and can be a reason why they never end up actually using your checklist and getting the result. But I do think that this is a good option for something you can quickly and easily create to share with your potential subscribers. So the next one is a free training. So by a free training, I mean something like a webinar, but not your typical webinar. Your typical webinar, or at least many of webinars I've experienced have been very long and very salesy. And that runs into a couple problems. First of all, again, hard to consume. People just don't have time. And second, it's not going to really warm people up and give them like a really good first impression of your brand. So I would recommend that if you are using an opt-in, using a webinar or a free training for your opt-in, that you try to do things a bit differently, that you keep it shorter, that you keep it more focused on the educational aspect, although you do wrap it up with a pitch. Um, now, wrapping it up with a pitch is optional. You can give a completely free training that has no pitch in the training at all and then sell later via email. However, you will most likely see the most sales if you do have some sort of live pitch, live offer in this free training. So just to give you a little bit more details here, I'm talking about a video that you pre-record and then you offer to people to get to watch if they sign up for your email list. This video could be anywhere from five minutes to two hours long, but I've found that a pretty good length is somewhere between 15 minutes and an hour 30. Um, and generally I like to make mine right about 20 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes. That's a really good length. What's nice about a free training is it is easy for people to consume because it's video. You can teach people a whole lot in however long your workshop is. You can wrap it up with a live pitch, which means you get to the selling really quickly and you kind of shortcut from 
just getting a subscriber, then warming them up over a long period of time, eventually trying to sell them something. Instead, they sign up and you immediately give them value and then offer something that they can buy. And this tends to create the highest conversion rate for your sales. Another thing that I would recommend using as a freebie is a quiz. Now, quizzes are really fun, and that's one of their biggest advantages. Uh, not only are they pretty easy for you to create as the business owner um, or the marketer, but also people just really enjoy them, and they give people really good, quick value. So no, they're not going to help people accomplish anything major, but they will give people some insight about themselves or their business or some other aspect that relates to them. And people really like that. You know, everybody likes to talk about themselves. They like content that is about themselves. And that's hard to create if it's a ebook or a video or something like that. But that's what a quiz is. It's content that's about someone else. So they find the process of taking the quiz fun and they enjoy the result and it gives them a little bit of a dopamine hit and it gives them a warm welcome into your brand and obviously adds them to your email list as well. And then the final type of freebie that I would recommend is a challenge. So a challenge is kind of a, a program that someone can sign up for, typically a live program, but not always. It's short, it's free. So by short, I mean a few days long, not too much content on each day, and they're signing up to participate in this live program. Typically with a challenge, each day of the challenge, you will give them a little bit of information. This could be a recipe, it could be a tutorial, it could be a checklist of things they need to do on that day, and there's some end outcome that they are working towards. One of the most famous examples of challenges being used to grow lists is the company Simple Green Smoothies. And they took their brand from virtually unknown to a very large, uh, multiple seven-figure brand using challenges. So what they did was they created the Green Smoothie Challenge. And what the Green Smoothie Challenge was, or is actually to this day, is a 30-day challenge where people try to drink a green smoothie every day. And so what Simple Green Smoothies does is every day they share a recipe with the people who have signed up for their challenge. And in doing this, they were able to create something that people spread for them. So they were able to grow their email list virally. They created the challenge, they told their audience about it, and their audience told their friends, and their friends told their friends. And it reached a very large audience of people, even though at first Simple Green Smoothies didn't have much of an audience themselves. And Simple Green Smoothies grew their email list to hundreds of thousands of email subscribers and earned a whole lot of money in the process by then selling their, I believe it was a cookbook, and now they have a few other products, including an app and some things like that. So using a challenge can be a great way to grow your email list virally and to really warm up your subscribers because you are getting them a result. Now, the challenging part of a challenge is that it is much more time consuming from you to create. Um, it is a fairly intensive process most of the time. Now, of course, you can simplify, you can do things in a more minimal way, and I would recommend trying to do that. But in my experience, every time I've created challenge, it's always ended up being just a little bit more time consuming than I would like for it to be. So I would say it's a good option if either you have a great idea for a challenge and you have the time to invest in it, or if you are trying to do a big launch for a product and you really want to create a lot of buzz around it so it's worth investing a lot of your time.
All right, so you've created some sort of free resource, free offer, and you are ready to start sharing it with people so that they can sign up for it, get that free resource, and get on your email list. Now, I will say right now that this is the point where I initially, a few years ago when I was first trying to grow my email list, really got hung up. I knew all about how to create a freebie and why that was a good thing to do, but I created it and then nobody signed up for it and I didn't know why. And what I later realized was just that I had no traffic at all. Nobody knew that free resource existed, so they couldn't sign up for it. So let me share with you what made the difference for me and some things that we are seeing make the difference for other small business owners today. The first one would be to promote your free offers in evergreen search optimized content. So what that means is that you create a blog post or you create a video or even a podcast and in that long form piece of content, you promote your free resource. So for example, right now we are talking about how to grow your email list. This is gonna get way too meta, way too fast, but let's say that I had a checklist about how to start your email list. Then I could tell you to go to a such and such a website to download the free checklist so that you can follow along the steps and create your own email list and get started growing it. So then this piece of content is going to live on the internet and people will continue to listen to this podcast episode each week, each day in the future. And every time someone listens to it, they will hear that free offer. And some of them will go to my website and download that resource and add another subscriber to my list. What's really cool about this is it's very passive. Once you create that one piece of content, it is going to continue to work for you and continue to grow your email list on autopilot. And that is one of the reasons why my email list grows by many thousands of subscribers every single month, because I have a lot of content out there on the internet, each one working for me and bringing new subscribers. Now, in order for this to work, first of all, it needs to be good quality content, right? Because you need to have content that impresses people, gives them a good positive impression um, and convinces them that they want more of what you have to offer. But also in order for it to rank well in search and get found, it needs to be good quality. So first you need quality and then you can work on your SEO optimization. We did an episode on the podcast a few months back with SEO expert Kim Harrington, and she shared with us some amazing strategies for how to better rank your content. And I learned so much in that episode. So if you haven't listened to it already, make sure that you do that because I know it will be eye-opening for you as well and that it will really change how you think about creating content and how successful you are at getting that content found. The next way that you can promote your free offers and grow your list is by using guest blogging or guest podcasting. Now, this is a great option if right now your audience is super tiny and you're not yet ranking very well on Google and things like that. You can write blog posts or articles for other websites that already are getting traffic or you can be a featured guest on a podcast where you get interviewed. Um, or of course you could do other sorts of collaborations, but those are two of, I would say the easiest and most effective ones, most straightforward ones for growing your list. So very similarly to what we talked about a minute ago, you will write this article, it'll get posted on this other website. And in the article, you will link to a free resource that you offer. Or if you're doing a podcast, then you will be interviewed. And then typically at the end of an interview, the host will ask you if you have a free resource to share. Now, if you are thinking of using one of these strategies, just be aware that 
it isn't always possible for you to link to your free resource. Some websites don't want you to do this. A lot of podcasts don't want you to do this. I would say it's it's kind of 50-50. Half of them don't want you to, half of them are totally fine with it. Um, but just be aware of that because if you are doing this activity, writing this blog post, you're going on this podcast specifically to promote your free offer, you half the time won't be able to do that. So you want to ask ahead of time if that's something that's important to you, whether or not it's okay for you to promote a free resource. And personally, I would recommend that even if they say no, that you still take advantage of the opportunity because most of the time, especially if it's a source like a website or a podcast that has a decent following or gets a decent amount of traffic, then the exposure will still be valuable to you. Now, if it's a completely non-existent website and you're not allowed to even link to your content, then it's probably not going to be worth your time. Okay, the next way you could promote your free resource is to ask your subscribers to share the offer for you. So like I mentioned with Simple Green Smoothies earlier, they started with a really small audience, but because they created a free opt-in offer that was so enticing, their subscribers spread it virally for them. Their subscribers shared it with their friends who shared it with their friends and things really took off from there. So whenever you have a free offer, first of all, make sure that it is share worthy, that it is good enough that people will want Want to share it will want to tell their friends about it that's a really good standard to set for yourself don't just make something that people will like make something that people will talk about but beyond that then make sure that you're actually asking people to share it and give them a reason why because they'll be a lot more likely to do it if you do that so even if you just say share this with an entrepreneur you know to help them grow their business more quickly something like that um the more specific your call to action is, the more successful it will be, the more people you will see share it. With the simple green smoothies, they could have said something like, share it with a friend so that you can do the green smoothie challenge together, which would be a really convincing call to action because if someone is interested in doing this on their own, then they would probably like to have a friend do it with them so that they can be more motivated. And also, we all like to help out our network. And so if you find something cool, then you're motivated to share it with your friend so that they can like you more for having shared this nice thing with them. And that's just something that all humans feel to some extent. Um, and you can use it so that you can help more people and share your free resource with more people and grow your email list more quickly. The last way that I'll mention before we get to the questions um, of how you can grow your email list and promote your free offer specifically is with Facebook ads. Now there's a big caveat here because Facebook ads are definitely not the right option for a lot of people. If you're just getting started with your business and you don't really have a marketing budget and you have a completely untested funnel especially, then I wouldn't recommend spending money on Facebook ads. So what I mean by that is if you haven't had people sign up for this free offer and then go through the rest of your automated emails or whatever your sales process looks like and had a measurable percentage of them purchase your paid product, then your funnel is untested and you don't know how much a lead is worth to you. If you know that out of every 10 people who sign up for this offer, one of them ends up buying your paid product and your paid product sells for $100, okay, that means each lead is worth $10 because 10 leads equal $100. So 
what that means is you would know that you could spend up to $10 per lead on your Facebook ads or any other sort of paid ads. And so that is the point at which you can invest in ads and make a smart financial decision there. But if you haven't had enough people go through your funnel or your funnel isn't converting well enough and you don't know what those conversion numbers are and how much a lead is worth, then you are really gambling your money if you pay for paid ads. So for that reason, I wouldn't recommend Facebook ads when you're first starting out, but later on they can be a great option and create can create some very predictable list growth and very predictable sales. And they can make your overall business, I would say, be more predictable and create more predictable profits for you. All right, so that brings us to the end of most of what I was going to share with you for this episode, but we do have quite a few questions that we are going to get to now. So the first question comes from Rebecca, and Rebecca asks, any tips for writing your emails faster? I love this question. And Rebecca, the first thing that comes to mind is, write shorter emails. (laughs) I know that that might sound a little silly and obvious and maybe counterproductive, but really, people are busy and they're more likely to read your entire email if it's shorter. They're more likely to open and read your next email if your last email was shorter. So cut out the fluff, and I don't mean cut out the fun, but cut out the fluff, keep things simple, uh, tell people the most interesting parts, whatever you're trying to tell them, and write a slightly shorter email. Someone who I think is a great example of this is Amy Porterfield. I subscribe to a lot of different people's email newsletters just to see what they're doing and how they run their email marketing because I really nerd out about it. And I'm always impressed with how short Amy's emails are. I would say that on average, they are three paragraphs long but maybe the average is two because sometimes they're definitely one paragraph long. And she just does a really good job of sharing like a quick little funny story and then ties it into something that she's promoting and that's it. (laughs) And I often open her emails because I know they're not going to take too much of my time and they seem like they are probably really quick for her to write because they are so short. Um, Beyond that, I would say make sure that you start by being clear on what you're trying to say. The more clear you are about your purpose for the email and what the email is about and what you're trying to promote, the faster you'll be able to write it. Um, And then I also would recommend experimenting with batch writing. Some people write faster when they are writing a bunch of emails at once because they really get in the flow and so then they can write more quickly. Other people write slower though, um, because they get tired. So you should just try writing one email at a time, try writing two, try writing five, and find your sweet spot because flow might have a really positive impact on your work or you might just get bogged down. Next question comes from Anna Sophia Santana. Anna said, what to write and when? I spend so much time writing blog posts, social media publications, YouTube videos, that when I get to the email marketing, I'm drained and don't know what to write. All right, so my first suggestion, Anna, is to make sure that you have a good balance between content you're creating and promotional content you're creating. So there's some pieces of content that are those standalone pieces of content. I'm talking about like a YouTube video, a blog post, something like that. Um, But then there's other content that we need to create to tell people about that content we created. So this might be an Instagram post where you're telling people that your latest YouTube video is up. It might be an email newsletter that's telling people about your latest video or blog post. 
And so something that I found in my business was that I was spending a bit too much time creating content so that there was a lot of content to promote and I was left with very little time to promote it. So you just need to make sure that you have that balance right because creating more content than you have time to promote is counterproductive and it will definitely result in you working a lot more and earning less. So we want to make sure that we have that balance right. Um, the next thing is Anna asked when to write. So personally, I found that I like to write very early on in the content creation process. So what I mean by this is I don't plan a video, film a video, have that video edited, publish that video, and then say, okay, now I should promote it to my email list. Okay, I'll write something and send it out today or next week. That's not what happens at all. I plan the video and then right then I write the promotional content. I write my email newsletter before I even film my video. <laughs> I know that might seem silly, but the reason I do this is because right when I plan the video, that's when I am really in the creative space with the, with the topic, with the actual content. Later on when I film the video, I'm in a different kind of creative space. I'm thinking about the video production and how to speak to the camera and how the lighting looks and all those sorts of things. And that's a really fun creative process as well. But when I am planning the content is really when I'm thinking about the ideas shared in the content. So after I've planned it, then I go ahead and I write this newsletter to promote it. Now, as I mentioned a minute ago, I try to keep my emails pretty short and I normally write all of the emails for the next month on one day, uh, at least to promote the YouTube video. So I'll write four or five emails on one day. It normally takes me 20 minutes per email, sometimes more, sometimes 30 or 40, but most of the time about 20 to 25 minutes. So I can write these four to five emails in about two hours. And that's normally what I do. So basically I get to my email marketing before I'm drained, you know, by all the other things that are going on. Early on in the month, I plan these videos and then I write the promo for them. And then a few days later I film them and we finish out the production process. So we need to wrap this up. I hope that you guys enjoyed this and found it helpful. I just wish you all the best as you get started on your email marketing. Like I said earlier on, email marketing isn't just one more type of marketing to add onto your marketing stack in your business. It really can have a big impact on your marketing strategy overall and allow you to interact with your customers much more consistently and in a much deeper way and to convert many more of them into paying customers. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Work Less, Earn More. Now, here's what I want you to do next. Take a screenshot of this episode you're listening to right now and share it out on your Instagram stories. And when you do, make sure you tag me at Gillian Z Perkins so I can see you're listening. Sharing on stories is going to help more people find this podcast so they too can learn how to build their business in a way that allows them to work less and earn more. And if you really love the show, head over to Apple Podcasts right now and leave Work Less, Earn More a review to give it a boost and help even more people find it. Okay, let's wrap this up. I'm Gillian Perkins, and until next week, stay focused and take action. Take action.